Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. I'm starting a series on confession. Confession. And we're going to start every single service or every single before I preach with a confession. A confession is something that we would proclaim or say out loud. So I'm going to say it, and then you're going to repeat after me. Amen? Say, today, come on, everybody, today, I recognize Jesus as Lord. I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord of my life. I know that since I'm in Christ, my nature has changed. I'm a new creation. I'm a new nature. I'm a new creature. The old me is dead. The old me is gone. I live in newness of life. I live according to to God's word, I have what his word says I have. I can do what his word says I can do. I am who he says I am. I have a new nature. I'm free from my past failure, from my past sins. I'm walking in the light of God's word. I'm walking according to his eternal purpose that he did in Christ. I am in Christ. I'm raised with him. I'm seated with him. I have authority through him. I have victory through him. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't that just stir you up a little bit, build you up a little bit? Amen. Well, you may be seated. Sit down. Let's get into this. That was probably rude saying it that way. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's hard holding a mic with oil on your hands. That's all I want to say. All right. Today I'm going to preach the first sermon of this series called Confession. Confession. This is part one. And I'm going to start off with helping you understand this. Repeat after me. I have a new nature in Christ. Look at your neighbor. Say, you have a new nature in Christ. Today, this under... (laughs) Today, this understanding is lost in the church. And why do I say that? Because you're not seeing Christians or the church or the body live to the fullest potential or purpose and will that God has for them. And it first starts here. Some would call this identity. Some would call it an identity crisis. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they have. 
Notice the confession that we just got done was speaking directly to this. We just confessed out who we are in Christ. See, I want you to understand today that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You are a new creation being with the life of God, the nature of God, and the ability of God working within you. He's working in you. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone, who? Anyone, is in Christ. In Christ. This term, in Christ, or this phrase, you see over 136, 135 times in the New Testament. In Christ, or in whom, or in his name. There's different ways of saying it, but it all goes to the same understanding in him, in Christ. It says, anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, new. So that means something was old. Something was old. The Bible says, the old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Now, in this new nature, this new creation, where did it happen in you? A lot of people don't know. Some would call it in your soul. It happened in my soul. But that can't be true because your soul still has a propensity to want to sin. That word propensity literally just means you still have a desire to want to sin. You still have a desire to want to cuss out somebody when they cut you off. You still have it. Does it no, nobody? I just, oh, I kind of got hit home with someone. Um, you have a desire to want to lust over something. You have a desire to want to argue about something. You have a desire to want to tell someone off. You have a desire to want to have an attitude. Where does this come from? The soul, the flesh. The soul is your mind, will, and emotions. So the change didn't happen in your soul. No, it, it didn't happen in your body because I guarantee you that no one just turned to, you know, have glory and turned with a little angel halo over your head and now you're perfect. No, you still look like you. Your, your body still ages. Come on. I used to have hair. I don't have hair anymore. Aging. I'm sure if I did, it'd probably be gone gray. So it's not in your body. Then where is it? Where does this change happen? Your spirit. Your spirit. I want you to write this down. And I want you to start with this understanding. We're going to start this understanding of confession with this. You are a spirit with a soul. Living in a body. You are a spirit first. Second, you have a soul. And you live in a body. Now, the world will say otherwise. They would say, you are a soul. You have a body. And the spirit's in you somewhere. It's your conscience. But it's not true. 
when you die and go to heaven, your spirit is what goes to heaven. Your body goes into the dirt, and your flesh, your soul, is no more. It's not needed up in heaven. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be any battle within you anymore. There's not going to be any desire to want to live according to the course of this world. Amen? So, the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Now, with this understanding and this light, my spirit's changed, meaning I live from the point of my spirit now. That's the new nature. The Amplified Version says this, same passage of Scripture, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, and it will be up there, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature. That word creature means reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. There is a work of the Holy Spirit in you. It was an inward work. How did you get saved? When you believed in your heart and confessed your mouth that Jesus is Lord, the Holy Spirit came in you or he made his presence known in you and there was a change from your, in your spirit. It was dead, but the Spirit's working power caused you to be alive, to be new, to no longer be dead. We call it regeneration or the new birth. The new birth. The old things, meaning the previous morals, the spiritual condition, even the spiritual condition, meaning you were separated from God. You were destined for hell. You were under the command and under the control of Satan, the evil one. Do you know anyone that has not given their life to Jesus is under the domain of Satan still? There's only two lords or two kings. And when I mean that, I know Jesus is king over all kings. But Satan still rules on the earth, and that won't change until Jesus comes back. So anyone that hasn't given their life to God through Jesus Christ, they're still controlled by the devil, even if they don't want to or not. They are by default. The Bible says these old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come because a spiritual awakening, a spiritual regeneration, alive, newness. It brings a new life. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put off, or to put on, so we put off something, now we're putting on something. What is it? The new self, the new creature, the new man, created after the likeness of God, the very likeness of God. When you put on Christ, you're putting on his likeness. Characteristics, attitudes, even the same power that worked in Jesus is in you. Don't believe me? The Bible says that great works have I done, but greater works will you do. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he says, I got to go, and I'm going to send one, and he's going to come, and he's going to baptize you with fire, with power. That same power that, came, that has come upon you 
through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, guess what? That happened to Jesus too when he got baptized in water. It said that when he came out of the water, what happened? That John saw a dove descend onto Jesus. What was that dove a record, a, a resembling or symbolic to? The Holy Spirit. He was empowered with power by the Holy Spirit. You don't see one miracle done before that from Jesus. Jesus was a man. You don't see Jesus perform any miracle or the power of God work in his life from the day he was born to the day of his water baptism for 30 years. Think about it. Well, that was Pastor Brian. That was weird. Sorry. I just said something like Pastor Brian would say. Um, But for three and a half years from the day that he was baptized by the Holy Ghost, there was a power on him. It said even after the power came on him or the Holy Spirit came on him, what happened? He went into the wilderness to be tested by the, the, uh, Satan. It said that the Spirit of the Lord led him into the wilderness. And then after that time, we see just healings, miracles. He preached the gospel, signs followed. He preached, signs followed. We need more people, people preaching and teaching the word of God, then signs will follow. We're just trying to find signs You're not going to see any signs. you got to preach the word of God, and then signs will follow. That's why you're not seeing signs, because people aren't preaching the word of God. How do you know if someone's preaching the word? The Bible says signs will follow. Signs. Come on, I don't know about you, but I want to see more signs. Let's preach the word, amen? The Bible says, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness. Righteousness is right standing with God and holiness. You are holy. Because of him. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24. Look at that. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, with confession, in Romans chapter 8, or Romans chapter 10, verse 8. Romans chapter 10, verse 8. The Bible says this. What, or, but what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim or declare or speak. Verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. How many times have we told sinners that they have to get right in their heart before they can become a Christian? How many times in our witnessing and in our ministry, we have told people that you can't come into relationship with God until you get it right? That's not biblical. Right here you see, it says, confess or believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. The starting point or the beginning is confessing And making him Lord over your life. Lordship of Jesus Christ. He is Lord. We need to stop telling people that you have to get right before you can get saved. Before you can have a relationship with God. No, we need to start beginning to say you're going to have to first believe in your heart and confess him as Lord. Surrender your life to him. And through that surrendering, through that submission, you're not going to want to live the way you used to. You're not going to want to sin. Because when, when you make him Lord, 
I surrender my rights. I surrender my will. I surrender my way of thinking. I surrender everything I have. We must first start when it comes to witnessing and preaching the gospel, start with this understanding of the confession of the sinner is first started with understanding that they need Jesus as Lord. See, the sinner cannot confess all the sins he ever committed. He couldn't even think of everything he's ever done that was wrong. So it's not about confessing our sin in order to get saved. It's about confessing him as Lord for salvation. This is the first step. In verse 10, it says, For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. With the heart he believes, he's justified because of his belief, and with his mouth or with their mouth they confess and they are saved. This is what we would call the sinner's confession or the confession of the sinner in the new covenant. What is confession? Confession is this, to promise, not to deny, to declare, to profess, to praise, to celebrate, to agree with, to admit. The dictionary says that confess or to confess means to acknowledge or to own up to or to acknowledge faith in. It also means to make confession of one's faults. But remember, one definition is to make confession of one's faith or to acknowledge God's or to acknowledge faith in God's word. If we just live on this subject of confession on one side of it, the negative side, confession of sin, and we're constantly confessing our faults and failures, and that's all we ever confess, then we are going to grow to be an unbalanced Christian in our Christian life. And this will build weakness, it will build sin, and even more a desire of failure, and it will be conscious within your spirit. You'll constantly be thinking about it. I'm going to help someone today. See, Being a Christian is called the great confession. Confession or confessing is actually three things. The first thing is confession is stating something you believe. It's stating something you believe. Secondly, confession is declaring something you know to be true. And then the third thing, confession is proclaiming a truth you have accepted wholeheartedly. Can I teach you for a moment? Your confession is a proclamation of what you know to be true. That's what confession is. That's where it starts. Don't worry, we're going to get into 1 John 1, 9 in a second. I know some of you are already thinking that. But I'm talking about a sinner. Someone that is in sin that has not made Jesus Christ as Lord yet. 1 John does not apply to them. Because 1 John, or the book of 1, 2, and 3 John was written to believers, to the church. So the whole idea of confessing your sin to God, that's for the church or the Christian, not the sinner. Some of you guys are, oh, it's fine. 
Your confession states what you believe. Your confession declares something you know. Your confession proclaims a truth you've accepted wholeheartedly. So what are we to confess then? The major problem for us as a church in the area of what to confess is we don't understand where we are to start. The first thing is this. We are to confess what God has done for us through Christ in his plan of salvation. First thing, what God has done for us through Christ in his plan for salvation. That's salvation right there. That's Romans chapter, nine, or Romans chapter 10 right there. The second thing, what God has done in us by the word and the Holy Ghost in the new birth and in the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I'll read it again. What God has done in us by the word and the Holy Ghost in the new birth and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I want to encourage you, be a note taker. That will help you to go back to what you learn. Be a note taker. Amen? We're creating a culture here of note, note taking. It'll help you. Because if you just listen, it'll just go in your ear and out the other. Even if you already know this stuff, that's fine. You can write and God will begin to speak to you and even give you deeper revelation on what you know already. You know, so too many times, again, I've said this a lot, we treat things as common. Like, oh, I've heard this message, oh, I know this. That's good. Write it down. Get it in you. Get it even deeper in you. And God will continue to reveal even more to you. Look, you're going to be serving God for a long time. You're going to hear a lot of the same messages. But there's something in it for you. Number three, who we are to God, the Father in Christ Jesus. Who we are to God, the Father in Christ Jesus. Number four, what Jesus is presently doing for you at the right hand of the Father, where he lives to make intercession for me, for us. What Jesus is presently doing right now at the right hand of the Father, we know he's seated at the right hand of God, where he ever lives or where he is living to make intercession for you. And then number five, what God can accomplish through you, because he's not done in that sense. He's still working through you. God is using you even now. He is wanting to accomplish his word and will in your life. What God can accomplish through you or what his word will accomplish through you as you confess it. Confess it. Luke chapter 19, we see a story of a man named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. Zacchaeus was not only a tax collector, but a chief tax collector, meaning that even the Jews hated this guy. This was not only due to their natural dislike of taxes, though, but more so because of the practice known as tax farming. The collector made his profit on whatever extra he could get away with charging his victims. They hated Zacchaeus, man. It's kind of like he's the, head or he's the head guy at the tax department. They didn't like this guy. Even the Jews hated him. 
See, a tax collector was highly motivated to make the taxes as high as possible. This name Zacchaeus actually means pure one. Pure one. But Zacchaeus is not pure at all. He's corrupt. He's a thief. He's a liar. He's a manipulator. He's a hustler. He's a con man. But his name given to him, because remember, the Bible specifically uses names to help us understand and also be able to understand that names were very important in the Bible. They weren't just like someone just named a child. It's always like just gave him a name. No, it was given to them with purpose. This man's name was Zacchaeus, which meant pure one. See, but this man was anything but pure. But let's read for a second. Luke chapter 19, verse 1. Now this ties in. It says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short or he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, this is Jesus speaking, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus received Jesus joyfully. We need to learn how to receive Jesus joyfully. It's a joy to receive him. <laughs> it's a joy for him to completely come into our lives and alter everything that we think is truth, everything that we think is real, everything that we think and know to be true. And then when the people saw it, because everyone hated this guy, they grumbled. He has gone in to be in the guest of a man who is a sinner. I think of it today's terms, it'd be like a gangster or a hustler or maybe someone that just a bad man. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, this chief tax collector, this sinner, sees him as Lord. Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. This is big, guys. In the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus, Obviously, the conversation they had, it turned his heart to not only just see Jesus as a man, but to recognize him as Lord. And from understanding and believing in him as Lord, it changed his nature. He was a liar, a hustler, a con man, a sinner. Even people said, what are you doing, Jesus? But you know what happened? Through that response or through that relationship of Jesus showing up to this man, it said that he accepted him joyfully. His nature was changed. And how do you have proof of his nature changing? He gives back half of his goods to the poor, and if he lied or cheated or stole anything, I restore it fourfold. 
And this is what Jesus said to him. Here it goes. The ministry of reconciliation right here. Today, salvation has come to this house. He was saved. Since he is also a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus changed his life. Because of Jesus, he gave away everything he had stolen back. Being in the presence of God caused a shift in his life, and he changed from that moment to never be the same. This is what we see in 2 Corinthians 5.17, a new nature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. His nature was changed. See, this is the same to you. Your nature has changed. And how do you know? There's fruit that is produced out of your life. There's fruit produced out of your life. Listen, a Christian is a new creature. He's not just made over. He's not just like a towel that gets dirty and gets used all the time and gets washed and cleaned and just being constantly used over and over. No, you are new, brand new, something that never existed before. Something that's never existed before. Another translation reads this scripture as a new species. You're a new species. Someone may ask you, why do you act the way you do? Why do you do the things you do? I'm a new species. I'm new. I'm not of this world. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2, 9, and you put that on the screen, but you are the ones chosen by God. Chosen for a high calling, his royal priesthood, a holy nation. Go to the Amplified Version. Almost done. But you are God's chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchase, special people that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous Light, go to 1 John 1, 9, and I'm going to end right here. Yeah, 1 John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. I should start in verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, that you too may have fellowship with us, And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Notice that he says, Paul, or John, we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship with us. Now, what is this fellowship with us? Our fellowship is with the Father or God and with his Son, Jesus Christ. You may join in fellowship with us and fellowshipping with the Father and the Son. Continue. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you. That God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we are walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. Now wait. Go back. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, meaning... We are, this is to the church, this is to a believer, this is to a Christian. It says, 
If you have fellowship with him, but you are walking in the dark or in darkness, meaning walking in sin, habitually sinning, practicing sin, it says you lie and you do not practice the truth. Now, next one. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Right here. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. Confession. Proclaiming. Adhering to. Speaking out. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you, to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness, meaning you will be back in right standing or back in fellowship. When you read these passages of scriptures, you see the word fellowship mentioned four times. Four times. It talks about having fellowship with God, fellowshipping with him, with the purpose of being in fellowship with God, not having fellowship with darkness, but fellowship in the light. Sin will keep you out of fellowship with God. But God said right here, or John said right here, if we confess, that easy, confess. Not to a person, no, to him. Today there may be some of you that haven't confessed your sin to God. Just get it right in your heart. Confess right now. Just say, God, I'm sorry. I know what I've been doing is wrong. And what does it say? He is faithful and just to forgive you. There's so many other scripture that say that he doesn't even remember. It's blotted out. It's completely out of his mind. So if you still think that the sin that you've done in the past that you've already asked God for forgiveness is still being imputed against you or being accounted against you, that's the lie of the enemy. If you ask for forgiveness and you've turned from it, because that's what repentance is, turning from it, you're forgiven. It no longer has any power or hold over your life. Your nature has changed, right, in Christ. Now, you may have sometimes when you fall and you mess up and you miss the mark and you do sin, but God will forgive you when you confess your sin. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.